Hey everyone, it's Jay here. I just wanted to interrupt you before you listen to the episode and say that first of all, we'd like to thank the amazing Georgie, aka Chapsketch, for working with Squidge to create the featured image for the entire Cupboard of Shame series. You should take a look at your podcatcher right now. Seriously, it's amazing. Go check it out. I think you'll agree that it's an amazing piece and that you should definitely check out Georgie's work. There will be links in the show notes appearing in your podcatcher and on the website, i.e. over at wafflingtailors.rocks, where you can find out more and even perhaps commission a piece. I don't know. Tell them, tell Georgie that we sent you and she'll know where the works come from because Georgie's ace. Anyway, I'm going to let you listen to the show now. Catch you later. With the invention of the War With Jay series, I thought I might throw my hat into creating a segment. I decided to go with a topic that is a demon of my own creation. The Cupboard of Shame. I know that time and effort are needed to make any game. I am in no way saying each game is bad or indeed shameful. Just out of the ordinary for me to have purchased them. I'll be able to cover one game in each segment, giving the reasons for not only buying it, but how much playtime I gave the game in question. Best just to say that I'm going to give this a go and see where it leads. So with that in mind, cue the intro please. Hello there, greetings, you're back with uh, Squidge from the Waffling Tailors, we're doing an episode of Cupboard of Shame, another one, who'd have thought I'd get three in by now. Um, we have a guest with us at this time, who isn't one of the regulars, so I'm a little nervous, please bear with me, but I'll go through the normal stuff, just so you can be introduced. The Cupboard of Shame, as it stands, it's already been done a bit of a, a stinger at the beginning, but the Cupboard of Shame is a demon of my own creation. And it is in namesake only. The Cupboard of Shame isn't meant to shame games. It's meant to be somewhere you put games that wouldn't normally be in your wheelhouse. So a prime example of this, if you were if you went around to a friend's house and they were used to playing um first person shooters, Call of Duty, Battlefield, that kind of thing, and you wandered in and they were playing Hello Kitty Roller Rink on the PS2. Right? A little little weird little out of the wheelhouse, my questions would be, oh, so why'd you get this? Is it a bit of a guilty pleasure, something you play every so often, where the normal reaction might be, what the are you playing? So I try and deep dive into why you play that game, hence the name Cupboard of Shame. It's somewhere where you put games that you bought, but you can't remember why, but you played it anyway. Game, either that, games that you want to forget you ever bought, or games that might be a guilty pleasure. That's the whole point of it. So with me today is sean how are you doing sean you all right i'm not, i'm doing pretty good it's it's been a pretty crazy weekend i think i recorded i recorded an end game for another podcast end of the campaign all right so not not out with your uh wheelhouse of actually recording so yeah you used to recording that's that's good to know um so i believe you have you are a producer of another podcast Do you want to tell us a little bit about that before we get started uh, Oh yeah, um, I I produce Dungeons and Pop. We're kind of a we're still trying to come up with the exact terminology, but I guess you'd say uh, actual play variety show because we we the players for the main campaign 
are busy half the time, so we run multiple campaigns and one-shots. A lot of pop culture stuff, like our main one, is basically fantasy Power Rangers. Before the Power Rangers RPG came out, too, because it's been, it's about three years old. Hmm. Oh, so sort of like it's a play-along and it's like a role-play thing as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. I'll have to definitely try and give that a listen when I get a chance when I'm not editing my own podcast, the plethora of them that I'm doing. Um, so let me get my questions up. Here we go. I'm professional honest, I swear. So we are in the cupboard of shame. We've got a guest. Uh, so would you like to tell us what the game you'd like to put in the cupboard of shame is? It's kind of an older game, but it's one that I, uh, I, I, a friend suggest, I was looking for a game to get when there was a game sale on Switch, and a friend of mine told a friend of mine I liked, uh, Enter the Dun, the Gungeon, uh, roguelikes like that, Nuclear Throne, and he suggested Risk of Rain 2. Ah. The game that's three years old now. It's 2019, I believe. Uh, it came out. Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. Yes, 2019 it came out. So that's the game you want to put into it. So, I mean, you've, you've already covered it, but I might as well ask. So was it, I know you said it was a suggestion, but when you looked on the, the Switch store, was it, um, did you did you just buy it? Did you read up on it? Or was it like, did you see the front cover of it? Is that what lured you in? What Apart from the suggestion, what actually lured you into it? It was well. I thought it was kind of neat that it was a 3D game with that kind of feel, where you're 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 running around, you're grabbing items and it upgrading stuff like that. That kind of stood out, and the the art style was, I don't want to say simplistic, but it's a term minimalistic. Hmm. Like it's 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 very um. There's not lines. It's not like outlines of stuff. It's more very solid colors on top of colors, which is kind of an art style I like because we've. We even used it for a few um, of the episode title cards. So sort of very cell shaded. Yeah. But less detail into the cell shaded. Okay, okay, I can, uh, I can, uh, I can get that. So it was it specifically for Switch. Would you was you going to consider getting it for PC or the consoles, or was it just the Switch you were looking I, for? I think it was the Switch because it was on sale, and GameStop convinced me to get that membership where you get like five dollars. You get like five dollars, and they're still they were. I don't know if there's. I've been hearing uh, either some some people are saying that they don't take it for you can use it for eShop credit, and some people are saying you still can. But at the time, I was like, I got five dollars. What what do I want to get? I've gotten all these other games. Like I have like mm. I think I have like three hundred games on my Switch alone, just without needing a cartridge. Finally, someone else who has the same problem as me on Switch. I'll just download it. You know, I've I've currently got two memory cards full of games. I switch between them. I switch wow. between my Switch. <laughs> you know, just oh, it sells the bane of my existence on the Switch. Just too many sales. Right, so. <laughs> Um, from what little I can gather from the story, because I haven't played this, but I, I had a quick look up, like a brief overview of the story. Um, before the 1.0 patch or the update, there wasn't any sort of intro scene. You just jumped into it. And yeah. then when the 1.0 patch kicked in and you got the intro, it was about as vague as the reasons behind the monolith found in Utah in 2020. Nobody knew. 
Nobody going in knew. They just knew that you're running around trying to avoid getting killed and picking stuff up galore. Um, and I can't make heads or tails of what's going on when I look at footage of it. I really don't know. I I still don't know what's going on. I just <laughs> I I I I will put it this way. I I watched, I played the game a little bit before this just to get it back in my head. I watched mm-hmm. a five a minute like it's like I'll teach you how to play this game in five minutes. I still don't know what's going on. Other than you gotta find it, you go through an area, you find a teleporter, you fight a boss, then you go to another area, find a teleporter, fight a boss, rinse and repeat. And just the difficulty ramps every time you go through. Yeah, it, it literally. I found out this out from the video. The difficulty literally ra- ramps uh, second per second. Ah, right. So it it's sort of it's a mad rush to try and get through the game as quickly as possible. Oh yeah, definitely. That was, that was I think that was like my biggest problem when I first started playing. It was just it was just you. you I was told you run, but then you run. You don't get any get any coins to get items to be able to upgrade to be able to survive. But you need to be able to survive. You need to be able to kill and survive to get. <laughs> yeah. So little one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Um. So from because I I thought what because I watched the intro movie and it made no sense, and then I sort of right I'll, I'll look at Risk of Rain one. That made no sense either. From what I can tell is you, your part, you're a captain who's hired by UES, which seems to be an intergalactic delivery company, um, kind of like FedEx. You know, you, you wasn't in, so we left your package on the opposite moon. And um, from what I can see, the whole thing is sort of like a massive survival monster killing thing where you're picking up a scavenger hunt for packages and then there's there's boss monsters. That's all I can gather from it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've gathered from it too. It's it's sort of like that. It's it's sort of like if you took Futurama and then you 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 um you sent them through the scenario in Alien, <laughs> but then there's a lot more monsters. That needs to be a game. Futurama set in the Alien uh, universe. I I fully agree with that. I'd I'd get a kick out of that. Um, so. Between us, we don't actually know what the story is. That's that's always a good start. Uh, <laughs> okay, so moving on to my next question. What's so bad about this game? Well, when I first played it, it just it the difficulty ramped up. So fast because I was trying to, I tr- I would try to I would try to kill mo- like kill monsters to get the XP because you you know you level up through XP, but it was like I was kept on getting swarmed and swarmed. So I was looking up and saying, "Oh, you need people was like, oh, you need to run first. So I was trying that at first, and the the basic I think part of it was just that I was starting out with the because you don't get to just pick the other character options right away. So I was doing the commando, so it a lot. It was a lot of like you can't you can't fire while running that kind of thing, and so I had I would have I would I would try to balance the two, and then if I would always get overwhelmed to the point where like I think most most of the playthroughs when I was first playing it, I was there's like about fifteen monsters in the background. Yeah, so constantly surrounded by the sounds of it. Yeah, from what I've seen. When I when I looked at it, it's sort of it's one of those 
you've got to have an idea what you're doing before you dropped in because then you do literally get swarmed and you you either fight or you run for your life. Um, it seems very, very hectic. And I've got the idea that, for example, if I played it, I'd play around, get my butt whooped, and then right next to me I'd be like, internet, how do I do this? How do I do that? <laughs> how do I do the other? Because I can't survive. I can't figure this out. I'm getting munched all the time. Please, someone help me. You know, I've got a distinct feeling it'd be something like that. Yeah, it. it the thing I, I watched didn't really help so much. Um, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's sort of like one of those things where you have to die multiple times before you're going to get better because you're going to level up from that way, but you have to get to a certain point. I, I did find it was a lot easier. It was a little bit easier when I tried it this time, like before we were recording. I think part of it was because I had unlocked another, um, character and so i was running around as archer and that made it a little easier because it had abilities where like oh you can you're shooting arrows but you can actually do this while you're sprinting and it made it a lot easier i i still couldn't beat i still couldn't advance the level but it was it was at least a little bit easier and a little bit more fun yeah i know there's there's a multitude of different characters you can unlock and i can only assume they've got different skills but you've still got to go through the period of get killed, restart, get killed, restart, and then unlock. That that kind of gameplay is no good for me, despite people telling me, you should play this roguelike game. The minute they say roguelike, I say no. I'm not a big fan of getting my butt whooped in a game and not having the game explain to me why it happened. <laughs> I like to know why, <laughs> you know, so I can improve instead of, oh, you just got to play it, and then someone from across the room yells, get good scrub. No, no, this ain't Dark Souls. You know, I've played Dark Souls. That to me, that's just a frustration simulator. I can't do that. Um, but it's it's <laughs> it seems from what I've seen, there is I I, I couldn't I only found because I had a quick look on YouTube. I thought there must be a description of a story or something, and not many people know the actual story. It's a case of right there's your level, go learn as you go along with very little help. It's kind of like no one can help you. You just sort of like. Chuck you in head first, and that's it. Was that sort of the feeling you got? Just yeah, keep that, that was the one one thing that the video I watched was accurate because it said that people get overwhelmed because there's a lot of things to do, and that 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 part kind of I think that part is true because you don't you don't necessarily it's not like other games where you can just figure you remember okay this is where this pops up this pops up so it, it was kind of like. You just gotta. It, it, it's it's a horror movie simulator. I want to put it right there. <laughs> the the one in a million you might survive. You know, I, I, I might have a leg missing, but I'll survive. Just one in a million. That's what it kind of sounds like. Um. So that's that's when you jump in. That's very overwhelming. I kind of get that. Is it? Um. Obviously, because I haven't played it. Are all the stages when you jump into it? Is everything randomly generated? From what I can see, yeah, everything's kind of randomly generated and placed, so it's it's not even you can you because I guess that's part of the the gameplay is you got to find the thing, and if they make the map where you can find it the same place every time, yeah. In fact, in fact, I think every le- every level every stage has two possible levels, two or types of levels. So two types of levels every stage, and it's all randomly generated. I, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around that. That I'd do my absolute head in. I don't think I could do that. 
Oh. I mean, that one, weirdly enough, the the, the story, the little story that's given does explain that because you're just you're dropping in through an escape pod, so mm. it's, it's, it it kind of simulates it in that that way that it's like you're dropping in to some place in the planet, depending on when your dream dropped, it's where you're going to land. Yeah, so it's like literally you could land anywhere. Yeah, I I I get that. Yeah, so. Apart from the sort of like the overwhelming nature of the gameplay and the sort of you've just got to jump in. Um, what is are there any other bad things about the game? Is it like I'm guessing it's not single player, is it? It's single player. It has single player, but you can also play it online. Um, right. It's uh, like I said, the overwhelmingness because like I, one time I got to where I found a teleporter and I was I summoned a boss and there was also then there was some fifteen other normal ones around and I think I died within half a minute at most. It's, it's not bad enough as a boss. You've got you've got thirty little things trying to chew your ankles off, and then a boss hits you with a, a mallet and you go flying, and you don't realize because everything's just popping up. It, it, oh yeah. It kind of, Oh, yeah, def- in fact, I, that's actually an accurate description because I, if I remember correctly, I was trying to set up a move because I was using the archer. So there's this one move where it just jumps up and it's it's like the volley of arrows in this space. Yeah. Well, I did that and was trying to target the boss and all of a sudden my character goes flying in one other direction. <laughs> the the It kind of, what you're describing kind of reminds me of an experience of some someone says to you, "Oh, I played this game online. You you got to try it. You can join my guild. It's a it's an MMORPG. You jump in, and it's like I don't know, five years, sixteen seasons into the game. Everyone knows what they're doing. You stood there with this hood, where you don't know what's going on. You don't know where anything is, and someone says, "Follow me," and you you have no idea. You know, you just you're just that confused person in the crowd going, "Where am I going?" You know. <laughs> you should have described my first experience with the Final Fantasy MMO. I I was <laughs> going to say Final Fantasy, but I didn't want to trigger anyone. Um, I know that's kind of heavy on the hood, uh, I, and I've I've got a good friend who plays now. I, I don't want to say talk any smack about it because she'll probably kill me. So <laughs> I, I was going to say something else, but my experience with big MMO RPGs, the ones I've played, it's kind of like if you're not there from the beginning, you're going to struggle, and I don't have the time no patience to learn it <laughs> uh you know just ugh, no um so it's it's just the sort of the overwhelmingness and the learning curve which is less of a curve and more of a straight line going straight up that's what's pushing you towards saying that's like you know it push it yeah. can put people off playing it it's really difficult yeah, it was like, I know that was like the thing, like it was bad, at least when I was first playing it, this it wasn't so bad this time, but when I was first playing it, it actually caused me like stress. I I, I, I will admit I broke down crying after one time because I was like, what what am I doing wrong? I've Please tell me what I did wrong so I can improve and the game just goes, no. <laughs> yeah, I've played games like that. Uh it gets annoying after a while. Why am I failing? Give me some help. No, seriously, give me some help. And you get other people who's playing it. Oh, what? Once you get like three or four stages in, how I'm getting beat on the tutorial? How? Just how? <laughs> <laughs>
would you say that there are any sort of okay so we've we've broke it down it's very stressful chucks you in the deep end which i know a lot of people they thrive on that kind of gameplay they just play it a few times and they pick up tricks and then they go for it what are the the good redeeming features of the game if any there, 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 there's some. I like some of the items. Like the items, they're they tend they're actually built to try to help you make, uh, help you survive. Like I got one that's like, oh, you get healing after you take damage. All oh, right. And then, then like there's another one like, once you kill someone, you get a temporary, sh- uh, temporary shield. And it, like it was random buffs. Yeah, and it was it was fun this time. I think it's too because I was using the archer rather than the commando because it, it kind of I think it kind of fit my style more more like a rogue ranger, and I like that like it has like oh you have your main attack your normal shot you can do this while sprinting so you can like run and 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 try to st- hit from the distance and then the secondary attack is basically like a boomerang that literally like if there's multiple targets it'll just psh, 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 bounce back and forth. Yeah. So it's um, so so the items you get they give you random buffs and I I know from what I've looked into it some of the items give you uh, if you look at the descriptions they, they give you some idea of the backstory I I know Risk of Rain two it doesn't tell you the story it's kind of like Dark Souls in a way if you want to know the story you've got to look at the other items you've got to sort of like deep dive which to be honest I can't say that possible while you're trying to fight for your life. Uh, no, oh yeah, I, oh yeah. They have like a logbook in the in the beginning menu. So anything you grab, like you look in the logbook, and it'll give you more mm. information. So that that's nice. Mm. I do like that it actually has an energy drink that makes you sprint faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it kind of makes sense, you know. It's nice to know that even in the near distant future, energy drinks can make you go faster, make you more alert, and then after twenty minutes, you need to lose a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. It's kind of good to hear that instead of, you know, obviously to match your playstyle, you've got an archer, so you can drop an arrow from a mile away, or you can run, hit someone, and then sprint away so you can survive. Because the way you described it, the commando, it kind of sounds like you have to run in and beat stuff. But the way you describe it, it's kind of like you running in and trying to hit someone over the head with a rubber chicken and wonder why it wasn't working. And the next thing you know, it's a game over. You know, that's that's the kind of, from what I've seen in your description, it's kind of like... Your swords yeah. know better than a rubber chicken. <laughs> yeah, the commando is very simplistic from what I was looking at. So it, it it's kind of like one of those games where if you have a certain play style, you have to you have to basically try to make it to a certain point in the using the normal one before you can do anything because I think it's I think I I sort of get why they did it from a from a programming standpoint. I've I've like made some fan games. Hmm. I've made fan game demos. All right, I haven't finished one of them yet <laughs> because I always go too big. But um, I, 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 I get why they did it. It just, it just, it's, it makes it hard because you're just, you're just like running. You're like, what, what, what is that? What's that? What? Why am I being killed by a, a flaming marble in the sky? Or, or like, why is this trilobite ki- coming, growing legs and growing a humanoid body and chasing me? <laughs> What did I do to him? Throw cheese snacks at it, maybe it'll go away, you know. Um just just a fun little tangent. I had a, a similar reaction to the first time I played Fallout 3. So back in the day, 2006 or whenever it was released, 2008 I think it was. I'll 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 picture the scene. 
right? Um, it was just going into the weekend. I was a couple of years into my first proper job. You know, I woke up on a weekend uh, due to exceptional circumstances. I was still there and I was conscious and I was awake, knowing full well that the that I was unsupervised, anything could happen, right? So I had Fallout 3. I bought that the same day I bought Fable 2. How's that for a contrast, right? And I loaded up Fallout 3, and I can tell you I got an hour into Fallout 3, then I played Fable 2 for two weeks, and I went back to Fallout 3. The reason being was that the whole bit at the beginning where you choose your character, you go through the prologue, I'd never played Fallout before. So I thought all Fallout games are first person, right? I got out of the vault, double-checked everything, was wandering around, and I, I got sniped and killed from a mile away. Dang. And it was just, I was walking through the first town going towards Megaton, your first major city, and it was just, doof, and I saw my character go flying because I got sniped. And I was sat there with a pad, and I took a, I took a breath, I thought, I won't get mad. And then I yelled out loud, I'm not playing this if it's not going to tell me why I died. Pad down, I'm going to put Fable 2 back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, I went back on it. I, I looked online, how the hell do I play this? It's a bit like Oblivion with guns. Okay, I'll treat it the same, and I kind of got scripts with it. But it's sort of like if I get my butt whooped in a game, I need to know why. <laughs> Being overwhelmed like that would would do my head in. But I, I can kind of see with the, the the character front why they do it because if you've got your box standard character who runs up and hits him over the head, the more times you play with them, you unlock someone else. I can see because I don't know if there's like eight or ten characters. As I think, it's, I think, I think it's, it's around ten. Yeah, yeah. The the more you play and fail, you unlock more characters, and you you experience different player styles. And I'm guessing eventually you pick one that you resonate with, and you'll you'll get better because it's just easier to play with that character. I'm guessing that that was the thought behind it, which I can get behind. Yeah, I I think that's pretty. That's it. That, that that's that's a very fitting way to put it because it just. I haven't seen how the other ones play, but at least how I was playing the Archer and remembering how I played it at Command, it was a totally different game. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I tend to, when I get games like that, I can't help myself. I Any game where you get to choose different classes, I choose the weakest and the quickest to kill. Not like not like, like an RPG, for example. I don't choose a barbarian while running... You know, and 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 I can I can just click my fingers and everything in the room dies. No, I choose the squeaky, squishiest, hardest to play character, just because I can. Then struggle like hell, <laughs> get right towards the end of the game, restart someone else when I can't get any further with them, complete the game, and then like, oh, that's how the ending works. Ah, that with it then. I have a habit of doing that. You know, if there's a, there's a mage. There's a barbarian and there's a ranger. Which one's the squishish, squishish between the mage and the ranger? I'll choose the mage because it's going to be the hardest. Why? I don't know. I'm just I'm just not a fan of running in, chopping someone, and going to the next room. You know. I'm... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, uh, that's that's kind of my play style with tabletop RPGs. I try to make the quirkiest thing work. Yeah, because the, the the way I think it is, I'm going to struggle at the beginning, but after a certain point, I'll learn one skill that I can cheese. Then I'll learn more skills and I'll learn how to go into a room, kill everyone just by clicking my fingers and then wandering through. But I want that I want the struggle to get to that point. 
Yeah, just uh, I walk in a room, people go, oh, you're not, oh, any cue. It's not going to hurt anyone. You sneeze and everyone dies. You know, that's the kind of gameplay I like. And it annoys my friends who plays games with me. Pick something you can survive with. Nope. <laughs> I'll play the long game. I want to cheese stuff later on. I will struggle now. You know. Um, so, yeah, I I, I kind of like that. The Again, back to the point, I went on a random tangent there. The sort of... I, I know a little bit about roguelike, so I know how these work. Um, kind of. So going through, getting the chance to, through repeated plays, playing different characters, I kind of like that because you get a, a little taste, a little flavour, and then you can choose what you like. Uh, I kind of like that. Grab some popcorn and find your seats. Monster of the Week actual play podcast $2 creature feature returns for season two on February 22nd. This season, we'll see a whole new crew of hunters confronting the mysteries at the heart of the town of Jupiter Hollow. I'm Megan Murphy. I'm playing Zelda Wardwell, the flake. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to protect people too. That's like what heroes do. I'm Nyelder playing Eric Ashrin, the crooked. Let's just say I don't ask questions that involve textbooks. I ask questions that involve cash. I'm Laura McMillan, and I'm playing Tammy Jo Marple, your home town home finder i'm here to make deals with the good people of jupiter hollow but i already made a deal of my own tammy joe is the monstrous and i'm mr ray i play everything that tries to kill these people and if you enjoyed our first season you ain't seen nothing yet new episodes every other tuesday wherever podcasts are found let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby Do you know of any sort of exploits or cheesing tactics you can use during the game? And if you do, have you used any of them? Not quite exploits, but like I feel like the like I was saying, like I was enjoying the rangery because it has a lot of things. It has like a lot of options. It's, I feel like the range, at least my time expo- playing it, the range, even though I haven't tried the other ones, the ranger feels more like a middle class than the command, the commander. So uh, if you're going to knock the ranger, I, 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 I uh, suggest playing a lot with that one because it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more tactical and it has a lot more abilities that are like, Okay, you can you can you can do some crowd. You need to do crowd control. There's the jump up and rain arrows down. There's mm-hmm. a teleport. There's like a teleport dash. Um, if you need to just hit a bunch of targets, it has that the boomerang thing where where you you basically talk out, toss out a glaive that bounces back and forth and it does more damage. You can only use it once in a while, but it's good because it's not something where you can spam it. But it's something that's good in a pinch. Mm. So the the archer's got um, quite a rogue flavor to it. Yeah, it it has like um, it's the only at least from what I could see the. I'm sure someone will correct this in response. Say, oh, you can sprint with something in the commando, but I'm just I was just looking based off of what I saw on under the archer. It said specifically your main ability. You can use this while sprinting. So I'm assuming that the normal one can't. Hmm. It has kind of it has kind of a like you can you can range you can run you can range and a lot of the item items that were dropping were were boosting that where like it was either 
all right, here's some things. If you get good at killing, here's a shield you get occasionally, or you get a recharging shield. It was a, like I said, it was a lot more. It was a lot more fun than I remember when I first played it. So you get a lot more flexibility. If you shoot an arrow and then you run away. Yeah, and the best part is it's they're homing arrows. So oh, just, even better. So you even better. You, yeah. you generally just have to be able to see them on the screen and you can fire. So you don't have to target them like like with other games. So that was fun too. So and, until you get used to how to play it, you can quite happily backtrack, just drop an arrow and keep going backwards. Yeah, yeah. I refer to that as the uh, the Doom Three tactic because uh, when Doom Three first came out. Not only was it a lot of dark corridors where you couldn't see anything without a flashlight, but I remember specifically I travelled three times the distance in that game. It was forward, running while going backwards, and then forward again. Uh, (laughs) 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 Ah! I I shot the wall more than enemies in that game. That was my problem. (laughs) That's that's why um, first-person shooters, I always do that. If something jumps out and I get ambushed suddenly, I just start shooting everywhere, and if someone's sat next to me, it's always the same thing. Right, the guys in front of you, stop shooting the walls. Ah, it helps. Honestly, it's a, it's a pro trick. You won't understand. You know, just... Ah! <laughs> running back and shooting. You know. Um, yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. I I do that a lot. I, I backtrack and shoot, or if I don't have... I'm, I'm just not the kind of player that can be a tank. I, I'm I'm not a fan of things surrounding me and hitting me. I need them to give me space, you know. Hence why I'm I'm never I'm never the melee build. I just get away from me, you know. Well, that, that was a fun thing. Like I was, that was one of the descriptions I saw. For this is they basically said a lot of people were saying this is not the game you can tank. You are not allowed to tank in this game. <laughs> you would die if you tried to tank. Which is what threw me off when I was first playing it, because like, okay, you're telling me I need to kill creatures to get experience to get better, but I can't keep killing them just like a normal first-person shooter or whatever. I need to run. Hmm. You're getting very much conflicting, um, conflicting advice there. You can't tank. You've got to run, but you've got to kill stuff. But you can't stand still. You know, you can't take a hit. You've got to be quick. So they're essentially saying, keep on the move, here's your armor, it's made of cardboard, instead of a sword, here's a rubber chicken. Go kill him. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, okay, you can buy, you can get items, but you have to pay for them. Okay, and how do I get cash? You gotta kill monsters. But I need to, ki- I need material to really kill a lot of monsters. And they're like, well, yeah, you're gonna run. But but if I'm running, then how am I supposed to kill the monsters? So then you're supposed to get the items, and, but I can't get the items because I don't have the cash. And you say I need the cash, to get the cash, you need to kill the monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that constant ring of you need to be in the firing line to possibly kill one thing before you can buy stuff. But you're not going to kill the one thing. I think I think that's my major problem with roguelikes as a, as a whole. You don't you don't level up and then grind to get other stuff. I mean, an RPG set, you you sort of the only way you level up is by getting killed. Which is backwards to me. <laughs> really backwards. I, I just don't get on with roguelikes. And whenever anyone tries to say, oh, I'll play this roguelike game, don't. Just don't. I don't get them. And that, that's the one thing I will say I like about Enter the Gungeon, because you're you're still leveling up with that, because you're getting the you're you're getting once you get to a certain point you start gathering the cash and you use that to unlock items. Hmm. 
So the, um, and then you're also as you're going along, you're unlocking other things like elevators and rooms, so you can skip levels, that kind of thing. It's the one that I've seen that's like that, where it it treats you, it treats it more like an RPG. The the one problem I've got, the, I don't know if Risk of Rain Two is like this, but the the one major problem I've got with roguelikes is any roguelike I've played. Enter the Gungeon, Binding of Isaac, any rogue, like, d- despite what it is, if it's like a bullet hell, a card game, what have you, it tells you your stats, how many times you've died, how far you've got, and that really puts me off, because I load it up and I go, I suck at this game, there's the proof. <laughs> <laughs> it it does a minimalist thing, it'll tell you if you unlocked anything, and then it'll tell you what items you collected this run. Hmm. They, do they do the items you've collected carry over, or is it just sort of like the experience you got carries over? I'm not sure actually on that. I I think ah. I don't think it, they actually carry over, but maybe it's it's um. You know, I have to look into that because I I think I know there's something about it where like if you collect the items, I think it's you got to collect the items and you got to make it to the end, oh, then they might right. start to carry over. Yeah, so you've got to at least finish one level, which is a Herculean feat in itself. Herculean? Man, I can't even speak today. A, a massive feat in itself, just trying to get the end of it a single level. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So there's there's no real sort of exploits. The only way to cheese it is just to die constantly so you can level up. And that's yeah. the gameplay mechanic. I, I get real confused <laughs> with them games that make no sense. Oh. At least, that, at least I haven't been able to play it enough to find an exploit because, like you know, I don't, I, I don't want to replace my Switch. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I know there's like there are like those people that have the remotes, but it was at the first time I was playing it. By the time I, I just stopped playing it, I was on the verge of just picking the Switch and tossing it at the wall. Yep, yep. There's there's a distinct reason why I play my Switch in the dock. I've got a, an original Switch, day one. I've still got it. It still works. I keep it in the dock because I know that if I get that frustrated and I don't end up putting the Pro Pad down that I've got, if I end up throwing the Pro Pad, it's a lot costs a lot less than a brand new Switch. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's always that as backup. You know, I, I will, you know, and, and there's always, especially games that you can't pause, I'll go back to the system menu put the pad put the pad down so essentially it's paused i'll walk away just breathe breathe it's not worth getting this annoyed considering the amount of games that there are sort of like roguelike especially like third person because i know with not like major Major AAA titles, sorry, the indie titles, there's there's a genre and a type and a game style for anything you can think of, really. Um, would you say, uh, considering that Risk of Rain 2 is, it is a step up from the first one. The first one's kind of like Terraria 2D, and it's like the it, it sets up the story for the second one. Would you say that Risk of Rain 2 is like a, a game changer for the genre? I, I think it is. I haven't seen one where I haven't seen one where the difficulty literally ramps up second per second like that. It's I, I 
when I first played it, it was hard and it was just dif- it was just difficult because everything I read was saying giving conflicting information. But like like I said, now I've played it with the archer. It's it's a lot more fun, but it's it's it's, it's a totally different game than any of the rogue right lights. I because it's more, it's it's uh, survival, open world. Yeah. So the game literally changes per character that you've got because you've got different skills. Um, I didn't ask this earlier. I should do now. the The characters you've got, obviously, you, you said you haven't got too far into it. When you when you get further into it, they gain. I'm guessing they gain experience. Do you get like more skills? I think so because I was noticing that my my skills they had. It looked like they had at least one other option that you have to unlock by doing a certain thing, like uh, kill a certain creature this certain way, that kind of thing. Right. So you, you do unlock different skills, more powerful skills as you go along. Yeah. Okay. I'd imagine so because otherwise you're just stuck with your starting equipment. That's not fun. As someone who's tried to play Kingdom Hearts on proud mode with the starting keyblade not changing the equipment, I can understand it's not fun doing that. Um, the things I do for fun. Fun. Bunny quote. Don't know why. I'd, I think it was an achievement for that. Must have been a trophy or something. I wouldn't do that normally. Uh, I'm not that much of a masochist. <laughs> I would not do that normally. Um, right, so. So you've got. It is a game changer because it's it's sort of it ramps up every second and you've got like ten different gameplay styles what you've got to unlock, which means it forces you to keep playing to unlock it if you're really that curious. I'd hate to think of someone who's a completionist trying to do that game. I think it'd literally do my head in trying to find everything. Do you think you'd you'd end up doing that, trying to find everything in the game, or are you just more stuck on survival? I would be more stuck on survival because I just I want to get to the point where I can move because I I have all these roguelites. I have not done that on a single one yet. <laughs> Is it Bob? Like um, someone says, "Oh, there's this rogue pie, you, uh, rogue pie. There's this roguelike. Do you want to give it a go?" And it's sort of like you get the magpie thing. Ooh, that looks shiny. I'll give that a go. Yeah, I mean a lot of, a lot of them. I have fun when I it, it, I. Like I, the main ones I have is this. I think Neon Abyss. Neon Abyss is actually a decent one, though. I, I would say mm-hmm. it's the opposite of this, where it's 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 fun. I've only played the demo, and it's fun. I play it over and over again. Actually, I got the full game. I haven't played the full game yet. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's it's a it's kind of a map. I like I like playing through and getting different things, seeing how different things uh, interact. Hmm. Just, just seeing how it's programmed, how the mechanics work, just so you can compare to other things. Yeah, like like, thing. like, like how uh, Enter the Gungeon has that letter gun, and then if you get certain items, then it starts seeing other, it starts spelling out other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so bef- before my my next question, I'll I'll chuck one in a bonus one. Um, your top five of roguelikes that you play, because you mentioned you like to play a lot of roguelikes. Is Risk of Rain in your top five? I think it is because I think I have... Even though I said I had a lot, I now I think about it, I think I only have five. Right. Oh, so it'd guess. be the fifth one, because <laughs> I think I have Neon, Abyss, um, Enter the Gungeon. I'm not sure if Exit the Gungeon still counts, because it's different. 
Um, nuclear, nuclear throne. There's another one, but I can't remember what it is. And then it would be... Uh, re- Wait, which, which one? Dead Cells, by chance? Oh, yes! Dead Cells! I know there was one I was thinking... I- that's, that's quite a popular one. That's why I thought you might dead play cells, it. <laughs> dead Cells, Dead Cells, Neon Abyss, Dead Cells, um, Nuclear Throne, Enter the Gungeon, then Risk of Rain. I only mentioned Dead Cells because Jay, um, who we saw earlier on, he's he's gradually getting introduced into roguelikes. He kind of likes the mechanics. He doesn't get a chance to play games because of his job. But when he does get to play it, and the only thing I remember about Dead Cells when he was playing it was he hates doors. He will not go through them. He'll smash through them. So he's got a vendetta against doors in that game. And he will, even if it's just in a corridor where there's no enemies, he will smash through it. And I don't know why. <laughs> what have doors ever done to you? It's fun to smash through them. That door did nothing. It had a wife and family. Come on. What did you smash through the door for? It's fun. Whatever. You know, I don't understand you. You do you. I, I, <laughs> I do it too. It's just, it, it's, it's very therapeutic. I think it's very uh, therapeutic if you've always had doors closed in your, your path in life. It's <laughs> the one game where you can say, no door, you move. Vengeance will be mine. That's for third grade smash. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the job I didn't get. <laughs> yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, I'm going to smash it. You, know, you just smash through the door. Can you imagine that in real life? <laughs> Sorry you didn't get the job. You know, there's the door and you just can't wheel through it. Uh, the funny part is, I think at least one of my jobs, I remember hearing a story that someone literally broke the glass on the door when they closed it, when they left their interview. They must have been mad. That's not easy to do. <laughs> I've I've almost been pushed through a glass plane uh, door. It had like reinforced mesh in it, so I wouldn't go through it. But I was shoved that hard that my back hit it and it cracked all the way down it. So I know wow. how difficult that is to do. And slamming it after you, they must have been mad. They must have been real mad. Unless it wasn't good quality glass and they just sneezed and it went through. You know. <laughs> Considering that it was 2019, and I'm trying to rack my brain here, with like the invention of um, better hardware, not only PCs, but the new consoles coming out, which is still hard to get hold of. Um, and with 2019 only being three years ago, and it feels like a lifetime, um, would you say that Risk of Rain itself is like a product of its time that year? Does it feel outdated or is it like still fresh now? What would you say? I think it still feels fresh now, just from, like like I said, when I played it now, it's like, oh, okay, I found this thing I actually like. I was, I was only expecting to play it through, like, one or two times, and I played it through, like, five times. Yeah. Is, is it the kind of game where you think, oh, you know, I'm going to sit in the front room, I'm playing it, my head's down, I keep getting killed, you know, I'll keep restarting, and by the time you realize, you look up and there's, like, bats outside. You know, yeah. is it that kind of experience? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I last game, last run, I had, I actually ended, I went menu end because I was like, I don't have enough time to die. I try, I actually tried to die at that point, and I was like, oh no, I've I've leveled up enough that it's just going to take a couple of minutes. I it's got, I got to get ex- exit out and get on to this call. <laughs> I, I know there's there's 
there's, there's always that in there with games where you think, right, I've tried. There's no way I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed, and you just sort of put the pad down. And you go, right, take me out, and then it doesn't. The, the the CPU or the opponent or whatever you're doing doesn't touch you. The minute you pick up the pad again, they'll go for you. I swear, games are sentient. Fighting games are worse for that. For me, Soul Calibur games or Soul Edge on the PS One and Tekken. The minute I go, you know what? Just take me out. I'm gonna choose someone else. They stop. Trolling you on purpose, I swear they are. It's probably just me. But the troll you on purpose, I swear they do. <laughs> go on, take me out. And they just stand there and go, nope. Not until you pick up the pad. How do you know these things? <laughs> How do you know? He must know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so big questions coming up as, as we're getting to the end of this. Because I haven't got that many questions for cupboard issue. I might get more in the future. So... Here's a big question. You brought it to the cupboard this year, right? We've, we've talked about it, the good points, the bad points, redeeming features and all the rest of it. So here's the big question. In the cupboard of shame, there's three parts, three panels, okay? There is, on the left-hand side, there's a panel that goes towards a portal. If you boot slash kick slash yeet it in there and it goes towards the portal, it gets deleted from existence. It never happened. In the middle... You can yeet the game in there, boot it, whatever you want to do, and it will stay in there. Never touch it again. But on the right-hand side, okay, on the right-hand side of it, there's a nice nice little shelf. It's all padded in case you yeet it in there. But that's the, that's the section that's dedicated to games that are like a guilty pleasure. You put it in there as a placeholder. Not a placeholder. You put it in there as a just for now, knowing full well that you can go back into the cupboard, pick it out and play it every so often. It's like like a guilty pleasure type thing. So with that in mind, which section are you chucking it in? I, I want to say before a half hour ago, I would have put it in the left, but now I want to put it in the right. It's like I, 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 I'm, I'm more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm surprised how much fun I had playing it. <laughs> right it's just when you think about it without the frustration you, you'd rather keep it yeah 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 it's it's just surprising when i ask people that i just say you've got a chance to delete it from existence throw it in there and never look at it again or dip into it every so often as a guilty pleasure so for you despite despite the annoyance it's more of a like um you dip in and out every so often a bit of a guilty pleasure for you yeah yeah, I can see that. Uh, I've I've got games like that. Um, I've got plenty of games like that. I I mean, sort of like my frame of mind. I got games just for the name of it before, just because it made me chuckle. Or the name of the company. I give a prime example. There was a, a tactics-based kind of like Dragon Age game based in the Game of Thrones universe, and you play as members of the Watch, which is people who guard a massive wall. And I got it because I thought it might be good, right? And I was looking at the box. You know, this is back in the day. I was looking at the box. I looked at the back. And the minute I looked at the back, I thought, I must own this game. The reason being, the people who made it was called Cock Media. K-O-C-H. <laughs> Me being very childish, I thought, I don't care how much this is. I need to own this just so I can show people. I played a game by Cock Media. <laughs> <laughs> I get very childish. I can't help myself. <laughs> I really do. So, okay, Risk of Rain, it's not being deleted from existence. I haven't got one of them yet. It should be fun when I do get one. It's always, 
the ones I've got so far has been guilty pleasures. I really want someone to rip a game apart. I really do. Just to just to hear the opinions and all that. So as this is wrapping up, uh, Sean, my friend, um, if people wanted to get a hold of you, get in touch with you, follow your podcast, follow things that you do, where could they get in touch with you? Watch this like the, the social plug part. It, it doesn't sound professional. I I understand that. I'm not I'm not a professional interviewer. Uh, so yeah, obviously we'll put all this in the show notes and whatever. But please tell tell the listeners where they could find you. Uh, I can be found at Dungeons Pop on Twitter. Um, I also can be found on the podcast Sewers and Shrewkins. At least in the episodes. Well, I've been in three episodes so far. It's a, it's a D and D five E Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast, basically actual play podcast Sweet. and then I oh, there's a sentence <laughs> tmnt uh dungeons and dragons podcast now that is a sentence i've never heard before sorry but it's just it's 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 a fun group it's gonna be interesting once the second season i joined it up for comes out because i'm playing a true artificial wait oh. <laughs> Well, people know that know that by the time the first episode should be coming out soon, so it'll probably be out around the time this comes out. Yeah, and then I can be my personal one is too toasted, but I don't post to that one that often. Dungeons and Pop, Dungeons Pop is the one more likely to find me at. Yeah, and we're always looking for guests. You don't even have to be a podcaster to be a guest. We've had at least three. Players that were just people we knew from from playing online. Yeah. In fact, our newest regular was actually a guy who just literally joined the Cast Junkie server and said, I want to play a tabletop RPG before I die. I was like, and they're like, but I'm also in the actual play podcast. Like, I'm like, well, I can do you better than that. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a hell of an intro, that, isn't it? It's it's not uh, it's on my bucket list. Oh, it's not. I want to try this. No, I want to be on one before I die. That is that's very specific. Uh, well, no, that's the funny part. It wasn't even that. It was just they wanted to play a play a tabletop RPG. General, they didn't even want to be on a podcast. They even podcast like, how about be on a podcast too? We can do that. It's it's, it's kind of really neat because like they really enjoyed it. They're having so much fun, and then they actually went and used their. Um, their tax return to upgrade their equipment so that they have better equipment for podcasting and they've been helping out at editing. Uh, they're Nick underscore Contrell, C-O-N-T-R-E-L-L on Twitter. And they're, they're, if anyone's looking for someone to be on a podcast, they're, they're open too. I've, awesome. I've, I've created a monster. Hey, I've done the same. The cover to shame is a demon of my own creation. I, I never realized how far I'd, I'd dig my own grave by creating this. You know, it was just a. It started off as a one-off thing, on um on the main podcast that there were with Jay and other guests. Of I just thought I'd have a laugh, and I I I literally had a part of my wardrobe where I put these games where I bought, then I played it, and I thought, what am I doing playing this? And I called the shelf. I just said, oh, that's the cupboard of shame, and that's how it started, and it just rolled from there. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. full. I've got tons of games in there. It's full. I even scratched the surface. I've covered one by myself, and that was the the movie, the video game adaptation of the movie of the first Iron Man game in 2008. Oh, yeah, I've uh, heard bad things about that one. 
it's 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 a special game. I think is the best way to describe it. <laughs> it's a special game. Um, right, whilst we're wrapping this up, um, I'll cover a few things in a second. By all means, Sean, if you want to be on the main podcast, we'd love to have you on. If you wanted to chuck another game into the cupboard of shame, I'd love to have you back because it's been a blast. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'd love to be on. I, it, it's like I said before, like it's weird. I I got into podcasting because Anchor made me think it was super easy, and I, I'm still doing it three years later. <laughs> I've probably invested more money into it than I've invested into my health. <laughs> That's a problem with podcasting. It's ca- it's kind of like um, kind of like Pringles. Once you start, there's no stopping you. You, know, you just got more. You know. Um, yeah, so you know, if you ever wanted to be back on, I mean, it's a cheeky thing for me, but I say one game per episode. That means I get more episodes. That's just how I see it. Um, so if you ever wanted to be back on, just drop us a, a thing again. Uh, same with the main podcast. And if you ever wanted to be on your stuff, just let me yes. know. Yes, I can tell you guys right now. We've we uh, we basically we basically said that we don't really have we have a regular cast but everyone who's on and a guest is considered a regular cast member because we have so many things we run we literally have two campaigns that's really built like okay these are one shots but they're one shots in a world you're basically part of the campaign it's just it's an ongoing one shot because even though these are one shots there's a plot in the background hmm it must be hard keeping on top of all of it. I, I couldn't imagine that. I'd, I'd love to jump in, raise hell, and then jump out. I don't think I could keep track of it all. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that's basically what happens. And you, and then that's it, it, like 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 it's it's kind of funny. Like one group and the monster of the week when we do like that that they they keep on wanting to come back. They so they've actually advanced the plot. And then it was it was kind of fun because one player was having trouble with the playbook they had, and we. So I was like, at the end of the second mystery, I was like, Adam NPC go like, okay, I'm giving you a choice here. Here's this person you bonded with. They're trying to f- pick the next chosen. Does your character will your character accept? <laughs> and it went. It was it was so much fun because it was a sim. It was a there's a simple moment. It wasn't something that put, he was, and like the the player told me afterwards that up to that point they were not vibing with the character and they loved mm-hmm. how that went and it. They actually are happy to play the character again. Mm. I've um the the just just a quick tangent before we finish. The first D D game I went into, um I have a habit of taking the mick going too far, just for the sake of rubbing people the wrong way. When I first started, when I was first chosen into it, a friend of mine said, Here's the stats you need, here's the sheet, go for it. Okay, so I read the sheet and I thought this is not gonna go down well. So I turned up at my friend's house and I said, right, so I'm the dungeon master. I'm going to introduce you to the rest of them and then we'll set the adventure out. And he did this big grand introduction. He had some music playing and I thought, he's going to hate me. But it was all going well and what have you. And he said, and here's our new person. Please introduce yourself. And I said, hi, I'm One Punch Man. Guess what I do for a living? And his face dropped and I just said, you're going to hate me. 20 minutes I lasted and he told me to not play anymore. <laughs> So what do you want to do? I want to punch it in the face. <laughs> so what do you do in this situation? We're just in a bar. We're grabbing a drink. Who can I punch in the face? It was one track minded, but just to wind him up really, it did it for me because he's really calm. And I wound him up to a point where he said, just shut up. <laughs> 
I don't do that these days, but I just, I'll always remember that because I wound him up to such a point where I went, be quiet. Okay. <laughs> I gotta be quiet. <laughs> I'll always remember that. I don't do that now. I take things more seriously, but... <laughs> oh, oh we, we, we do silly too. I mean, my favorite line from one of the one shots recorded is like, Bog, sperm's gone bad. No! <laughs> No context. I love it. <laughs> They're kobolds. They're looking for their kobold friend. But I mean, they made that, so many that, jokes. There were so many bad jokes with that set of characters. They were trying to... They, that, one of them explained anything. The kobolds, that still makes no sense. <laughs> well, they're looking for their kobold uh, name, Sperm, who's like S-P-Y-R-M. And then... I, 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 and then they saw they they ran into him and he was not well and he was charging them with a lawnmower tipped up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is, it's actually the stat books for the stuff we use. Sounds like my kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've ha- we'd love to have you on, Squid. I, I send awesome. you the link to, to the Discord. We we plan them around. It's it, it's a lot of crazy stuff. Awesome stuff, right? Well, I'll uh, I'll wrap up. I might as well. I'll try and sound it, make it sound more official this time because I just I don't do endings well. I can't end or start things properly, so I'll, I'll give them my best shot. Okay, so you have spent the last hour, whether it's been wasted or not, listening to me ramble on with a guest about cupboard of shame. Hopefully, you got some kicks out of it. Um, socials wise, um, if you go to Google, type in Waffle and Taylors, we've got Facebook. We've got Twitter, which uh, DMs are open. We've got a Twitch, which we're going to get back to eventually. There's the website, wafflingtillers.rocks, where we've got previous episodes, over 120 of them. We've got blogs that come out every so often. Um, you can find us on all the social medias. Um, so I'll just wrap up by saying, Sean, thank you for being on. I'm definitely going to look into that that role-playing D&D stuff with you because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and D&D don't go well yeah. together, but I must experience this. <laughs> yeah, it, our, our main this podcast ironically started because of this uh, supplement called Lasers and Liches, which is take every '90s trope and convert it to D and D. It has, it literally has a Neo class, the Apogee. Uh, it has uh, Glitch Hunters, Henshin, which is like Power Rangers. So that's like that's why where we have like Adventures of Attitude, our main campaign came from. So like everyone's like, let's do an all Henshin thing. It's, that's that's the thing that that's the crazy thing about when I was running it too is like I introduced an NPC because we only had two players, so they had three. They will not let me drop the NPC. They have literally told me their characters will jump in the way. They will. It's like that 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 meme. Like um, I I I will like the person who gets a puppy, and uh, I think it's uh that one show is like I will kill if anything happens to this puppy, I will kill everyone in this room and then myself. Yeah. Yeah, that person survives or else. Yeah. <laughs> Which is especially funny because they're an anthropomorphic bag of devouring. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh. made a race I made a race called that's basically it's a per it's, it's like the Sims version of the bag of devouring where it's like it's a person. <laughs> they Lord. named her Gabby because it backwards bag we started Gab because backwards a bag and then they turned into Gabby. <laughs> and it's like, even even Nick, our new player, he's like, Gabby is the best part of this podcast. And I'm always like, 
But he liked the other players too, right? And this isn't one of those um, dungeon uh, dungeon master PC or was it that play? I can't remember the term like DM PC. Which is funny because mm-hmm. I actually used a monster stat for. She had such bad stats, but everyone loved her. <laughs> <laughs> She's not on it. Podcast over. Simple. Yeah. Right, okay. Like I said, I'm really bad at uh, stopping there, finishing these things. So thank you for being on, Sean. It's been an absolute blast. Definitely going to have to try and get onto one of the D&D things just to see if my level of insanity matches everyone else's. Um, yeah. So thank you for listening uh, for the past hour and a bit or whatever it was. Um, look out for new episodes. I'm recording with a lot of people over the next few weeks, so there should be quite a few of these. It's all new for me. So um, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I will see you all later. Later. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. See the show notes for more details.